not contemplating that commercial. Tell, let's open this wide up. What transitions are you experiencing or what transitions might someone experience? Retirement. <laughs> okay. Your daughter moved in with her three kids. Again? Yeah. Losing a loved one. Yeah. yeah. Empty nesters. Oh, wow. Country hopping. Huge transition. What else? Relocating. Relocating job-wise, uh, moving-wise, all of yeah. the above. Yeah. yeah. Kids, yes, our kids continually transition. <laughs> we don't think we are, but yeah. There you go, right? <laughs> wow. I think that's called baptism by fire. There, yeah. That was transition, yes, ma'am. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> Great transition. Meet, meet this gentleman right down here. <laughs> you guys need to talk. Actually, that, that's one of the points in here that we'll get to in a bit. Yeah. And yeah. um, regardless of the transition, and we are in transition all the time, did you catch the variety of things and ages and circumstances going on here. All transitions have three phases. And understanding these three phases I'm gonna shut this up, um, will really give us a framework to think about the transitions that we're in. Transitions are not negative or positive. They are. They, well, they can be negative or positive. They, they just are. And in every transition that we go through, we are letting go of our old ways and our old identity. And there can be a lot of grieving that happens with that. There can be a lot of joy that happens with that. Part of every transition includes letting go of the old ways and the old identity. Some of our transitions are forced. Some of these have been forced on you. Some have been chosen. And so because of that, we have this huge range of emotions, the grieving, the anxiety, the anticipation, the resentment, the relief, the fear, the joy. As you have been in your transition, what are some, I've said a few, what other, what other emotions have surfaced for you. Insecurity. Uncertainty. Grief. grief. Yes. And the grief is a really interesting one because we have the, even when it's a joyful transition, we have the grieving because we have that significant part of letting go of the old and always there will be part of that that's letting go of the identity. This is not 
like rocket science, but calling it out helps us to helps us to observe the transitions and make it through them better. And then that going through and in between time. So, so here's how it works. The transition either hits or is coming. So there's the old that we're leaving behind. There's this part that's really the neutral zone. We're not there and we're not there. But we're in this neutral zone. Sometimes that happens really quickly, some, but it's, it's real. And to make sure that we understand this part of it, the neutral zone, is really helpful to us when we get to this that will be, when we hold on to that new part. And the new isn't fully operational yet. So, for instance, your first day at Mount Hermon. You guys are here for the first time. And guess what? Your cell phone didn't work. That was probably surprising. <laughs> right? <clears throat> um, Mount Hermon is, can be a fantastic time of neutral zone for transition and transformation. So my encouragement to you is for this week to be fully present with, like Richard said this morning, for whatever God has for you in this time. Absorb what God is doing and don't rush. It's interesting in... Um, in legal documents, I used to work in title and escrow. In legal documents, there's often a, a three-day right of a rescission. My brother bought a car the other day, and they didn't give that to him because he was buying an old car. But oftentimes, in, um, in legal documents, there's a three-day right of rescission in loan documents and that kind of stuff. And that's that neutral zone, okay? And the neutral zone is there for a purpose. So we want to... Make sure that we understand that it's there and, and that God is at work in that neutral zone. In the Old Testament, there's gobs of times when it's called out. They waited three days. You know, Joshua, I've just been reading in Joshua lately, and he went, they went across the river, and they didn't immediately, like the next day, go and start in on Jericho. There was a that God was at work. That was that neutral zone. They weren't, they let go of the old, they were in the neutral zone, and then they were moving on to the next thing. So God is at work in that neutral zone. That neutral zone has been real for us the last three years because I just retired from uh, 30 years of ministry at a, at a church and various roles. Nevertheless, it's a change. And so we're, we're trying to navigate our own neutral zone and uh, having a lot of fun doing it and seeing God at work, but it's nevertheless a neutral zone. Things that worked before or were before are not now. And as you said, there's grieving in that even as there's joy in that. So, so we're coming out, we're in the neutral zone, and then coming out of that transition and making a new beginning. The new beginnings are times of discovery because as... Joshua said, you haven't been here before. Pay attention to what God is doing. You haven't been here before. I, I mean, can, I, I'm looking at Ash and Katrina here, knowing that they just went into an entirely new pastoral situation, and you haven't been there before. It's a new beginning, a new, you paying attention. That's great. Now, <clears throat> Make no mistake about it, we're not here to transition you. 
Uh, we are not here to give you the key to your transition. <laughs> no, uh, what, we what we are trying to do is provide some navigational aids, uh, whether it be uh, you know, a, your, a spiritual GPS, if you will, or uh, some kind of a, uh, like in, in, in shipping, there are harbor lights that let you know where things are and kind of keep you from getting too far off course. That's that's our objective. And what we'd like to start with are four keys to managing transitions. Please know these are not a checklist. This is not a checklist. This is, this is a process. And I think that they're very important, and, we, and, and so we'll talk about each one as we go along. Um, the first is to understand what has changed and what has not changed. And often we can get locked into one side or the other. Um, here's, here's my question. In any transition that you are experiencing, give me some things, no matter what the change was, no matter what the transition, give me some things that did not change. God's character. Okay? God's character. Right? What scriptures back that up? Never leave you, forsake you. God promises to bring good out of every situation for those who call according to his purpose. Uh, one that's meaningful to me is uh, uh, given that God has begun a good work in you, he'll carry it on to completion until you retire. And then, <laughs> Right? You follow that? And so when you look at things and you see God's character does not change, but that, I'm, friends, is not the only thing that does not change. What else doesn't change? Still Say it again. Yeah, yeah. But, but what else doesn't change? You're calling. He might have said that this morning. I, we really appreciate Richard setting us up for this, yeah, for this uh, workshop, by the way. What else doesn't change? What doesn't change about you? Huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your purpose? Your giftedness. Your how we operate with other people. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, now, did you catch that? She said we're still raising kids full time. Their location has changed, but Yeah. And so we begin to move into that realm where your history didn't change. Okay, you still have the same wealth of w wisdom and information that you had uh, before you entered into that neutral zone. Now you're gaining more, yes? And there is that aspect of things that change, but there are, it's very important that you understand what does not change. What does change also requires ruthless honesty, okay? What has changed? Circumstantially, what has changed? Has your geography changed, okay? Has your economic situation changed? Um, has your position and influence changed? I think that was a significant one for us as he transitioned from being the senior pastor was all of that was had a whole different 
navigation for us. And so you go to church, which we're, we've been invited to do, and you wonder, who am I and why am I here? And, and, uh, and yet you're grateful because I'm not in charge of anything and not responsible for anything. And I it's gave wonderful. my key back. It was so good. But, but it's all a transition, transitions of responsibility. Here's another thing I would encourage you as you consider change, what has changed and what not, has not changed. Your, look carefully at your community, your web of relationships, okay? Likely, those that you counted friends and that were genuine friends are still your friends. Um, you still have a web of relationships that goes with you through the transition. And many of them, because they know you well, can speak into your life during this particular time, okay? Now, what I also would do is urge you to look carefully and see how God is expanding that community. Because now you may have the opportunity for people with fresh eyes to look at your life and situation and bring insight uh, from God. I just think it's a, it's a wonderful thing. There have been many people, for me, uh, in, in years gone by, Ron DeMoller from here at, at Mount Hermon was instrumental in connecting me and my wife with the church that we served in for, for 30 years. You have had people in this, in this realm. Right. When, when, as we were transitioning, it was the friends that I'd had for 30 years are still my friends. And then expanding that circle, and one of the people that has been delightful to me is this gal sitting right back here, Carol, who, who we met here as we came here, and then she's spoken new and fresh things into my life. Um, another gal here who, who I met just walking by has, has helped me as she's like that half a step ahead of me in, the, in her transitions of, of speaking into and saying, this is how it's been for me. This is how, like, how do you decide where you're going to live? How do you decide this, that, and the other thing? How do you make those decisions? And not that her journey will be my journey, but her speaking into it has been beneficial for me. So again, we could draw this quite, quite a way, but my encouragement to you, and you can see why this is a process, is really be ruthless in understanding what has changed and what has not. Here, here's another thing that will help you, uh, is number two, is review your values. Review your values and prayerfully expect God to refine and fulfill those values. Don't think that just because you're going through a transition that all of a sudden the things that you've always thought were important are no longer going to be important. Now, there are some aspects of spiritual transformation, like what we heard this morning from Richard. Uh, that, that, yes, that's a, a, a reordering of priorities. But I'm thinking now as followers of Christ, what do you think is important? And, and, and can you write them down? Um, there's a... Uh, let me just define what I, mean, what I mean by values. Number one, values are not objectives and goals. Values are not objectives and goals. Objectives and goals are achieved and moved on from. Values stay with you the whole time. Values are not your bucket list. Okay? 
values are words that express the, your answer to the question, what is important for my life? Jesus had a baseline, right? Love God, love, name, love your name. Richard just fleshed that out for us this morning, a starting point for identifying those things. Now, <clears throat> for a number of years before we started uh, actually working on retirement, we started uh, trying to collect a few words that would, that would ca capture our values. And I have this, maybe it's a function of my ministry, but it's I a have malady. this disease. It, it's, a, it's a disease that all the words have to start with the same letter. It, it's it, it's, it's a, a, a spiritual CDO, which is a lot like OCD, except the, the letters are in the right order. And, and so... And so we've, we, and, and I swear to you, the first one, and I didn't pay Richard ahead of time, but the first one that we came up with was fruit. Because we knew that as we stepped out of ministry in one frame, we didn't want to quit bearing fruit, right? And so that was just part of, very important to us. A second was family. We now have grandkids. And, uh, you know, I mean, oh, we can go on from there. Because, because I never met either of my grandfathers. So, we got grandkids. And she's awesome with that. But that's part of our priority system. Uh, friends. Friends are very important to us. Uh, one that you maybe, uh, and you can probably all identify with those. Another one that we came up with that was very important was the word freedom. And you go, freedom, what, what is that? You, you know, and you would be surprised at how much the scripture has to say about freedom. For you were called to freedom, Paul said in Galatians 5. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. 2 Corinthians 3.17, now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And, and so we're free to say yes, we're free to say no, we're free to replace words like ought and should and replace them with words like I can. I have an opportunity to. And there's a perspective of freedom that just allows us not to shirk responsibility, but to embrace the opportunities. And then, and then there's one more, two more words, and, and, and that one of them is the word fun. Sorry, I just like to have fun. And, and so we want to do that. We want to do that with our family and our friends and our grandkids and all of those things. And it's, and it's just a, a joy with that. Now, if you can picture, those of you who can't, picture all those words in the numerator of the fraction. And then the line, and the, and the denominator is the word faith. There, was, okay. there is a slide for this, but you know, hmm? there is a slide for this, but you can't see it. Because yeah, right. <laughs> but, we're, but we're in transition, and what worked before doesn't work. And what's going to work sometime hasn't worked yet. So as a result, we are in transition. Think about King David. He's anointed king as a shepherd. Next thing you know, 
He's running from Saul. He's in the neutral zone. He's supposed to be king, and he's running all over the place. Finally, he gets to be king. But in that neutral zone, what keeps him focused is his values. I'll not lay my hand on the Lord's anointed. Right? And, and he had community. It was a ragtag bunch of folks. But that community was essential to him, and he served them well. Everything based on faith. David said, I'm, I, I was anointed king, I believe it, but I'm going to wait for God's, for God's timing. So, what are your values? And my encouragement to you is to, is to work diligently to write them down. And, and it's something that Margaret and I have worked together on. You know, I didn't just sit down one day and write them all down. We've worked on a refine. And God is refining what we mean by those things. And uh, as, as you heard Richard today talk just about fruit alone, it just expands our, our vision and our understanding of that. It, actually, my encouragement on that, too, is even to take those things that he called out this morning, the fruit, the rest, and the blessing, and our, evaluate your own self with the idea of values. That's one of the best things to me of this is that, like, we can look back at David and say, how did these things show up in his life? We can actually look at any of the stories in scripture and see how these things showed up for people how their values how their values showed how they made the transitions you know even if you just do the the three kings Saul David and Solomon over the United Kingdom you know what did it look like at the beginning what did it look like in the neutral zone and what did it look like to where they were going in each of the transitions that they made it's actually a a really fun and fresh way to look at scripture. Um, and then after we think about our values, <clears throat> then we do the next right thing. Okay? It's... Um, even if you don't know what to do, yeah. right? Even if you don't know how the pieces are all going to come together. You do, uh, you, you know, for, for pastors, you know... It's Monday, but Sunday's coming, right? And so there's a lot more to it than that. Next right thing. Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's, a great, there's a great book by, thank you, Emily Freeman, Do the Next Right Thing. Hmm? Yeah. Yeah. We actually have a picture of it right up here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's in the bookstore. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's excellent. Um, so, so, and as you do the next right thing, consider your emotional state, you know, all those things that we talked about that we feel. Um, your vision may only be enough to do the next right thing. Do you need to say no? Do you need to say yes? Give attention to that which has been neglected. Don't get stuck. Be open to explore new arenas in your own faith journey, in your own ministry journey. What do you have time for? Because you've let go of this... What do you have time for here? 
And what does your adjustment and preparation for that look like here? All of those pieces will be real. It, it's fascinating because as, as people flow in our lives and in and out of our lives, your values carry that. But you're going to find that there's an opportunity to do something, to take a step, and, and, and where that will... So we, we just spent uh, the evenings last week, uh, we were two of three speakers for our junior high campout. <laughs> now, I, I don't even need one hand to talk about how many times I've spoken to junior hires, okay? <laughs> But we had a ball. And, 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 but and I said to him beforehand, when they asked us, I said, seriously, do junior hires want to listen to grandma? I mean, and I told the gal that asked us, I said, you go ask your brother. He's a junior hire. And, and so she did. Would it be okay if Keith and Margaret came? And he said, yeah, they like us. That was the junior hire. That was the junior high. Yes, they may come and speak to us. They like us. Yeah. And it was like, Wow, I didn't, uh, I, yeah, that so fresh knowledge. That was great for me. Yeah, yeah. And there's other For books. high schoolers, you needed to be cool. For junior hires, they just exactly. needed to be cool. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. We didn't qualify on that level, but we could, we liked Boy, the kids, that so. Is, that is really for we're sure. We're good with that, yeah. Uh, there's a couple of books you were going to mention, uh, Red Sea Rules. Red Sea Rules, um, which if we had the picture, I'd tell you the author, Robert... Mm, something with an M. Robert, we'll come mm, up with it. The Red Sea Rules. Little bitty book, great thing. Uh, he also wrote Jordan River Rules. I don't know that you have either of those in the bookstore. Okay. She'll get them for you, though. But they're small booklets designed to just really help you take that next right step. Right. They're devotional style. Do the next right thing, Emily Freeman. Yeah. Um, t avoiding that paralysis of analysis is... Uh, man, that, that's just it, somehow breaking through that log jam. Um, and, and part of that is the thinking process of the letting go the, and, and really looking at what is God stirring in me? What does this piece look like right now even before I go hold on to that? What does this piece look like? What is God stirring? What is he speaking to me? He's going to speak to all of us all week through what we hear there and, and just through our own time of walking and listening. And those are so important. Mm -hmm. Fourth one I'm just going to encourage you to do is to keep track of God's goodness and faithfulness through, through the neutral zone, through the whole transition process. Um, Pay attention to how God has expanded your vision, both internally, what, what areas of my life need to be an adjustment, as well as what areas of my life we need to expand and keep track of it. We've been involved the last year and a half in a project that we thought would take six months, and that is to remodel a cabin that was uh, in, in, our, in our family for lo these many years. And uh, um, I can tell you that there were times, it, 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 I served for many years as a pastor, not a general contractor. Can I just explain that? And so 
it was just a, a, a very interesting process and has been an interesting process of God expanding our understanding of how to trust him, how to move forward in these various things, but keep track of how God does that for you. King David of Old Testament Israel did a marvelous job keeping track of the faithfulness of God. Those are called the Psalms. And, and he documented those things, his struggles, as well as God's faithfulness in, in that whole process. Figure out a way, your way. In fact, how might we do that? How might we keep track of things? Journaling is a good one. What else? Pardon me? Say Yes. Tell, right, that conversation, telling other people. So that the, that the girl's uncle says, oh, yeah, he knows God. Go talk to him, right? What, how else? Yeah. Yes, that thankfulness, peace, and what, yeah, what else? Does anybody have... Oh, go ahead, right here. Yes. Right? And, and checking ourselves on those. When we catch ourselves moving into those, then stop. And yeah, thank you. And, and reviewing, that's another part, some of the parts that don't change. God, God's character doesn't change, which is what you just called out. Thank you. And that encouragement for good, good self-talk. Comment right here. Right? Isn't that fantastic? Because the Spirit is at work to prompt us to hear those things that he has for us. I love that when he, he speaks, you know, hopefully your takeaway, you'll have a takeaway from today, and maybe it will be from one of the other comments that are made. Yes. Reading Scripture. Yes. 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 Yeah. Right? Because they let us, they help us in our letting go. They help us in our neutral zone to keep us on track and then direct us. Good. Memorizing scripture. Does anybody have a, an item in their home that reminds them of the faithfulness mm. of God. An Ebenezer stone okay. like Joshua yeah. picked up in the... Isn't that that's something? Because that was a big part of, of Old Testament stuff. And as an artist, I often train my elders that were by teaching me. I have 
Yeah. Yeah. The visual. <laughs> yes. Uh, I can't quite read your name. Yes. Great. Another thing to pay attention to is are you embracing or are you resisting your transition? I could speak to that one. Because we all have different orientations. I think you're going to talk about that. But my orientation is past. My natural tendency is to look back. Harder to let go. Other people are future-oriented. And so, talk about how that feels. <laughs> I don't really know. <laughs> so, so it's easy for me to miss the lessons of the past or to, or to grieve the losses of the past or because I've just like, Okay, well, what are we going to do next? Let, let me make the plans. Let me live in logistics because that's my happy place. Let me like press forward to the next plans to where, oh, look, my calendar's clear full. Okay, there's good and there's hard and there's bad in all of, all of that. So, so to, be, to work towards balance... And, and listen to scripture, the invitation is really to keep in step with the Spirit. Because there are times when he just moves you through something. Uh, and other times when he says, you get a three-day ride of rescission right here, take it. Okay? <clears throat> I, think, I think going with that comes navigating it together as a couple. Okay, N knowing that our personalities are different, knowing that we might come out of life, come out life a little bit differently. How do we navigate this thing together yeah. and come out stronger as 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 uh, as a couple? And and it's it's just as much work as every other part of marriage, right? It's just as much work, but it's it it's just it's just so worth the effort. I suppose we should also ask or have you reflect on, is there anyone outside of yourselves that's resisting your transition? Um, Peter, who do people say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Well, you're the Christ's son of the living God. Great, I'm going to go to Jerusalem and die. No, you're not. And so you have to, you have to be aware that some people will not understand your transition. At the end of Peter's life, or at the end of Peter's journey in John 21, and he gets commissioned again, he turns and he says to Jesus, what about John? And Jesus says, that's none of your business. You just follow me. 
and, and if you get some, some pushback, that kind of thing, you just have to know that you're keeping in step with the Spirit and He'll go with you. And he, won't, he won't abandon you. Those pieces are tricky, too, some, because we invite people in to speak into our lives, and then we go here, and so balancing all that and sorting it through and doing the next right thing and taking the time to think about the fruit and the rest and the blessing. Yeah. You will find, as you read Scripture and the people's lives that are recorded there, you will find them going through major transitions. Mm -hmm. Neutral zones. The Apostle Paul, what worked before he met Christ is no longer working. And it took him some time on the backside of the desert in that neutral zone to get his life oriented. And he came out of that and embraced the new thing, changed the world. So know that that happens all the time. Know that that happens all the time. Do you have a question that we can handle in 30 seconds? Otherwise, we will be hanging out around. And we'll be here all week. And, and we'll be here all week. But I would love to pray for you all because you, you, we're all in transition. Amen? I mean, there's, a, there's transitions going on. Yeah, question. But questions. Yes. Yeah, you go ahead and answer that in 30 seconds. You just... <laughs> Uh, you, re you, you, you respect them, and you love them, and you follow Jesus. I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> you know, uh, what I would love to do is, is look at some more detail, you, you know, understand more of the context uh, of that. But, but I, I don't... I'm sure that there, there have been times in our lives when we've had transitions and people haven't understood. And, and I can't fix that. Yeah. Anybody else with a quick one? All right. Let me pray and get us out of here two minutes late. Heavenly Father, um, thank you that you are orchestrating our lives. Thank you that you are the conductor that's pulling a symphony of music out of our lives. And we recognize that there's sometimes where it feels like we're resting and not playing, and sometimes we're, we're on the front lines playing solo, and other times there's just transitions going on all the time. Please keep us in step with you. Keep us believing that you haven't abandoned us, that you've got your eye on us, and that you're going to bring good out of every single transition. And for that, we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks. You've been a great group.